Welcome to Curiosity, the podcast about the nitty-gritty LGBTIQ, sexy, dirty, curious, queerious stuff that people are afraid to talk about or have no platform to. Hi, I'm Renee. Hi, it's Ruth here. Hey, this is Tam. when it's only Renee and Tam doing the podcast, isn't that Sorry, sorry about it. Apologies in advance, it's just the two of us. us. We can make it as the two of us. You and me. Yep. So this episode is just going to be us literally talking crap and singing to you. We (laughs) really are glad that you're here with us. It comes so naturally to us. Mm-hmm. It's hard not to just slip in to yeah. the stupidity. Well, we're going to talk about something that's pretty serious, but also kind of fun. Yep. Drugs. Drugs. Um, and, you know, I'll be honest with you. Like, drugs are a good time. I think that's probably the biggest thing that everyone forgets when they talk about, you know, drugs and how scary or how much of an issue it is and all the problems that they cause but but particularly when talking to people who have yeah problematic drug use or dependent drug use I mean that's like another step but no one ever talks about the fun part or that the reason we do it initially or the reason we get into it is because it's really fucking fun yeah it's about escapism it's about Letting yourself go and um, really just enjoying that serotonin hit. Yeah. Just sort of um, exploring different parts of your mind that you don't generally access from day to day. Yeah. And, you know, the great thing is now is there's some resources out there that if you feel like you would like to try recreational drugs, they teach you how to do it um, and how to do it safely. And... Um, there's this really great website that VAC launched last year, Victorian AIDS Council, um, called Touchbase, um, www.touchbase.org.au. And essentially this website is very forward thinking with regards to drugs because up until now, all we've ever heard is like negative, um, negative comments towards well, drugs yeah. and usage of. It's all about harm minimization. So, you know, apart from 12-step programs, um, most drug and alcohol services are going to take a harm minimization approach, that which doesn't necessarily involve abstinence or, you know, zero tolerance towards substance use. So most services um, are going to understand that people are going to use substances and in order to keep them safe we have to educate people how to make informed decisions about their drug use and how to do it in a way that creates the least amount of harm to them Mm -hmm. 
So if you were to go on to touch base right now and have a little look around, um, there's little icons in this, in one section of the website, which are little pictures of all the different types of drugs that there are out there. And you can click on them and it tells you um, information about the drug. So what it is, it's short and long-term effects, uh, safety of how to use it, what an overdose looks like, what mixing that drug with other drugs or alcohol Which looks is like. a really big thing. I think in the past, when we talk on services, you know, talk about drugs, it wasn't as common to talk about what, what we refer to as polysubstance use. So Mixing. Yeah, mixing drugs, using more than one substance at a time to, you know, to, for, to achieve a desired effect. Um, but what we know, and particularly in, in the queer community, is that polysubstance use is really common. Especially with alcohol. Yeah. I mean, most people are usually drinking alcohol when they decide to experiment or whether they're in the environment where they like to experiment with recreational drugs. Yeah, and I guess uh, most overdoses actually occur when there is more than one substance on board. Yeah, right. So, And to be fair, most drugs don't really work very well with alcohol. No. But some particularly more dangerous than others with alcohol. Yeah. And it's really good to understand that. Um, and also on Touch Base, it mentions advice for people living with HIV and on medication and the yeah. interactions that, that those drugs might have with their medication, yeah. which is really important. For trans people who are on hormone replacement therapy, it also tells you what hormones will yeah. react with those drugs. Yeah. And this is all stuff that people really have no idea about. So, no, but you need to be. I kind of feel like, you know, even if you're just recreationally using substance substances and it's not problematic, you still need to be accountable and responsible for the choices you're making. And, you know, everyone uses substances recreationally to have a good time. So why wouldn't you want everything to go smoothly so that you can have a good time and not have to sort of, you know, suffer really severe consequences? Yeah. So it's cool. And then there's, like, information about counselling and support um, as well as what withdrawal and rehab what withdrawal looks like, and then options for rehab if you need it. So I think it's a fucking Very amazing resource. Yeah. Um, especially because whoever has built this website really understands the way that the queer community is using substances, yeah. and they've taken all of that into account. Yeah. It's a really good site. I mean, working in the drug and alcohol sector, um, I often refer to it for information. So. Mm, yeah. I mean, they've even gone as far as, like, sharing YouTube videos and stuff that, that they find useful, which is cool. Um, I guess we always forget to mention alcohol as a drug, but it it comes under drugs, right? It's still, it's still the number one um, drug-related deaths in, like, substance to... Yeah. Wow. Uh, in Australia. And yet it's completely legal and you know, widely accessible and, you know, we sort of don't seem to take it as seriously as other drugs that are illicit substances. Um, yeah. Yeah, but it's, yeah, as a country we have huge problems with alcohol. And a community. Mm. Like, as a member of the queer community, I know that I would 
binge drink quite a lot. And I think I've only become aware of it more so in my older years that I'm like, oh, is this still a healthy behavior? Especially as my friends, some of my friends have stopped the binge drinking. I'm becoming, I'm starting to self-reflect a lot on it. And um, I went to the gym the other night to do one of those bio score things. Mm. Um, so basically they do a whole bunch of tests on you. They do physical tests. They weigh you, your height, your waist size. So they tell you your age, like your... Their, your age, yeah. yeah, what your real age is. And so they ask you questions about your mental health and um, your diet and your social health. So if you drink and smoke and things like that. And the options for drinking and smoking, they didn't have very many options. It yeah. was either like, do you drink more than one or two drinks when you drink or do you binge drink? <laughs> yeah. And then for smoking, it was like, do you smoke occasionally not at all or every day. So, of course, being a social smoker, I put occasionally, and being someone who doesn't just have one or two drinks when I drink, I had to be a binge drinker. So in all of the things, all of the tests, I scored average and above, but the cigarettes and alcohol brought me down so much that it put four years on me. Mm. So my bio score for a 32-year-old was 36, and I was that's really... Still pretty, that's still pretty good. I, I'm really affected Mine's by it. Mine's probably 70. I don't know. There's something about it. It's like, fuck, I feel like I've lost four years of my life. I really thought I would have scored better. And it made me become hyper aware of my alcohol and nicotine usage. Wow. Um, at least you've got like the eating well and exercising ones. Can you imagine how old I am? Your knees, your knees would be the knees of a 90-year-old or nine-year-old. They'd have to come up with whole new options for me to tick tick boxes, like, it's your body made of brie. (laughs) Doll, they make you plank with, like, one arm and one leg up and, like, for, like, two minutes and shit. Not happening. No. So I was like, shit, I'm killing this test. And then it came back as 36, and I was genuinely shocked. I'm I'd like, be stoked with that. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, now it's like me and me super like, okay, maybe I need to think about how much I drink and smoke. Mm, it's really, it's really impacted real. me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been on my mind, but that's like, I think it's going to be the turning it's the point. the nail in the coffin. It might be. Or the nail out of the coffin. Oh. oh. <laughs> I got that claw hammer in there. Doll and I am just wedging that nail out. Um, mm. And that actually, I... There's a really great program for same-sex attracted women that Victorian AIDS Council run called Drink Limits. And it's a program, I think it's like an eight-week long program, basically for women and their alcohol addictions. But um, that's a really great resource for people within the community or people who identify as women at least. And even on the the cigarettes thing, like apparently for lesbians Mm -hmm. or bisexual women... Um, alcohol and cigarettes are like the two biggest drug addictions. Hmm. It is interesting. I do kind of reflect back at going out and being out and about, and yeah, there's a huge percentage of girls would smoke. Smoking area. Mm. It's always in the smoking area. Um, Acon did a campaign a couple of years ago, or maybe a year ago, and it's called. Um, still still free smoke free still fierce that's what it is and it's basically like this video of all these queer women hanging outside in the smoking area of a club 
But instead of smoking cigarettes, they're doing other things with their fingers and hands, like lifting weights and knitting and filing their nails, shaving their fingers. Yeah, <laughs> doing Rubik's Cube. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I and, you know, playing really queer music, I think it was like La Tigre or something in the background. <laughs> and I think it's like a cool video and I see the point they're trying to make, but I didn't watch it and go, fuck, I need to stop smoking. Yeah, definitely not. They're sort of coming up with more research, though, to say that the, like, scare tactics type stuff, like when they, you know, show you the horrific cancer ads and things, that that those things don't actually work as well. It's a bit like eating meat, isn't it? Like, if you don't see it, if you don't see, like, animals being killed, you can desensitize yourself from it, you can separate yourself from it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a bit like that, Mm -hmm. I think. You can kind of go, oh, well, it's not me and I can't see it. So is it really Well, happening? I like that with everything that we do in life, you know. Just like obviously it starts to get a, there's so much grey area. But, you know, you get in your car and you drive and there's always a potential to have an accident or, you know, you, I don't know, you go on an airplane. Like everything that we do has potential risks Risks, but we just just you know we kind of just go oh that'll never happen to me we pick and choose and i suppose speaking about smoking cigarettes or tobacco that kind of leads into smoking weed or cannabis like I mean, it's not legal here in Australia, but fucking everyone does it. Oh, yeah. I mean, we just, ce- you know, the everyone just celebrated 420. 420. Everyone did. And there's a huge, like, protest rally in the city every year on 420, and everyone's just blazing up Begged. in the city. <laughs> um, did you go to? It's like the most excited you'll see stoners ever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Mac is in one hand, Jaws in the other, dog <laughs> in the other. Um, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I, I kind of sit on the fence when it comes to pot because I think it has really in the last couple of, you know, maybe the last decade since it's started to become legal in other places around the world, um, it seems to be really glorified. Mm-hmm. Like there's this real, I don't know. I still, I don't think that weed is a soft drug. Especially in the ways that people are consuming it now as well. Like they're they're making oil so that it's like really, really potent. So it's actually, you're really, really strong and you're tripping out on it and things like that. Is it dabs you call it? And then... Edibles. Edibles yeah, can be look, super strong too. The good part about it being legalised is that it can be somewhat regulated yeah. and, you know, you can, I guess, perhaps have more trust and faith in, you know, what you're getting and, um, and you know, they've been able to make so many different uh, strands and so many different strengths and, mm. you know, which, which is kind of cool and I, th- and I think that's great but... I also do think that it's not all just fine and dandy and that a lot of people still have the potential to develop real serious issues with, you know, as a result of smoking cannabis. And that's, 
not going to happen to everybody and obviously there are other things that come into play there but I, I just I really don't want not everyone to be kind of lulled into this false sense of security that oh no nah, it's fine like weed is a harmless drug you can't get you know there's so many people that say you can't get addicted to weed oh it's so addictive and see I'm a bit with you on this I sit on the fence too because I think weed is a great drug but I also think that it makes people really unproductive. Mm. Like stoners are generally not productive people. And so I think that that can play into things like unemployment and stuff like that. Like when we were in California, I mean, it seemed like nobody worked and everybody just sat around smoking pot all day. Mm. And I'm like, is this an existence? Mm. Like, I don't know. And, you know, it's completely legal there and that's really great. But... I don't think as many people smoked weed there before it was legal. Mm. Yeah, it is interesting. I, I don't know. A big part of me would like to see it legalised here just to cut out all the bullshit. Yeah, of course. Um, but, yeah. I, I don't, don't think the amount of usage will increase that no, much here. No, I don't think it will really change anything at all. Yeah. In terms of amounts of people it's who like use it. It's like anything. I think in moderation is good, but, like, people needing to smoke weed all the fucking time every single day, I just, yeah, I think that that could yeah. be Well, that's like any substance use, alcohol included. You know, mm-hmm. There's a huge difference between having a joint on a Friday night, um, you know, to relax and end your week and, you know, having brekkie bongs, like... Yeah, you know, even I know people who survive quite healthily by having a joint every night. That's their thing, and that gets them by, and that's fine. But yeah, you're right. Like breaky bongs, you gotta have. Yeah, you gotta feel a little bit concerned about that. And also, like any drug, if you overuse it, it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> it does work any. It does work still, but you're you're so used to what it feels like that it doesn't feel like any different when you feel more you more normal when you use it rather than like that becomes your new normal it's not that it doesn't work it's just that you built such a tolerance um and so yeah being stoned becomes your new normal and, and being sober is the weird part yeah right it's the paranoia that i can't handle yeah, we came up with a new word recently called terranoia. <laughs> and it's that sheer terror and paranoia in one. Mm. I like the stuff, don't get me wrong, but I also could see how it w- could take hold of my life very quickly if I let it. And that, for me personally, these are all just my opinions, would be problematic for me and my life and my goals, you know? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't find that I enjoy it enough that I would want to do it all the time Mm. um but uh, I guess if you're in a place that you are needing to seek you know a different feeling or you know uh, shift your reality because of your mental health or because of the you know your current situation or whatever yeah it can very easily creep in and become um I guess, out of your control. Mm. Well, recently my dad um, has started self-medicating for cancer with CBD, which is apparently a derivative of cannabis. 
Um, and I'm like, but isn't the THC the good stuff, the stuff mm. that gets you high? Um, and he said yes, but apparently he's been told by some herbalist that this CBD derivative is supposed to cure cancer. So he's all like, woo, I'm like flat out going to do this, but actually... I'd like to just maybe start growing my own plants and like um, <laughs> extracting the oil myself. And like this is on FaceTime. My dad's telling me. My mom's there sitting next to him and she has a face on her like thunder. Like, and I'm like, mom, you don't seem too happy about this. And she's like, he wants to bring drugs into our house. And I'm like, it's fucking weed. You live in the middle of nowhere. Like who's going to know? And so I think that is my... Is it legal there? No. Nah. But I think that my mom Can you sees, have medicinal cannabis then? No. Mm-hmm. Um, but CBD is legal because the THC is taken out of it. So you, where would you buy CBD? I, I think this guy buys it online and then right. deals it to my dad. Like my dad was like, hey, no. I'm like, where are you going to see your drug dealer? And mom's <laughs> sitting there like so fucking pissed off. And I'm like, mom, it's really no big deal. And you, can't, you don't even get high. And that's what yeah. the stupid part of this argument against, you know, when people are like, Oh, what? So we're going to start getting all these, you know, kids, kids high. high. Yeah. It's like, oh, do your fucking research. They extract the THC. Because no one's getting high. You're not even smoke. You don't even smoke it. Yeah. Well, it is proven to really help people with epilepsy. And, and Parkinson's. Yeah. And that's awesome. But, yeah. Um, so funny. I feel like my mum just sees all drugs as drugs and being really bad. Like, I think she thinks that dope is all drugs. Yeah. She's like, dope. And I'm like, what do you mean dope? I don't know, dope. I'm like, is it like cocaine or marijuana? I don't know, dope. <laughs> I'm like, right, mom. So I think she just thinks drugs negative and that's it. And she yeah, shouldn't have done. a lot of people have that opinion. But also I think if it's making him feel healthier or like giving him some sort of hope, why the fuck not? Mm. Yay. What about the synthetic stuff, though? Yeah, well, I know uh, around the world they have lots of other strains. Does it have a name? Well, there's lots of names. So um, Chronic and, you know, Pineapple Express and, and all these. Like, oh, so that's synthetic. Oh, can be. Okay. It can be, you know. Um, Is it that it's engineered? To be yeah, so they, basically the way they get around it's it's man-made synthetic um, cannabinoids that uh, are supposed to mimic the the effects of cannabis, mm. um, but every time the law will catch up to it and ban that particular substance, they'll just tinker with with the molecules a bit and then it becomes a, a new oh, substance and they're okay. like, oh, it's good again. So that's how they keep getting around the law. But because I guess it's synthetic, um, it is quite potent and um, what we've seen, at least in Australia with synthetic cannabis, is that it's causing a lot of issues and there's really high percentages of people experiencing Psychotic episodes or drug-induced psychosis because of synthetic cannabis. So the effects aren't comparative to marijuana? They're they just, are, but they're just they're 
so intensified. Right. Um, and that even, you know, even a couple of times, I'm talking about ongoing severe use, even just a couple of times is en- enough to really make people... Alter um, them. Yeah, become quite unwell. Whoa. Um, and ending up in hospital. And So you've seen a bit of that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm. So in, in the young people that... That and are people smoking that um, stuff because it's stronger or more available or... Yeah, I think it's a bit of everything. It's that, you know, you don't have to kind of worry about having a deal or you just go up to your local sex shop or whatever and buy it there. Um, I don't think it's that much more affordable, to be honest, mm. but perhaps because it is so strong you're not going through as much of it right as you would with with um illicit cannabis but um it's just available i guess and you know easy to get so mm. and i guess um anyone can can kind of go and buy it so yeah it's sold as it says you know not to be smoked or whatever it says it's like right. a, there's like a warning sense Oh yeah, incest. Yeah, Um, and yeah, there's different ones. Like I've I've used one from Happy High Herbs that was (coughs) really quite mild and lovely and didn't have like any of those nasty bits to it. But the stuff that they are mostly selling in sex shops is just there's no research on it. There's no you know, and because they keep changing it all the time, it's like becomes a real unknown right um and speaking of like legal and illegal ways to purchase drugs um someone i know recently was talking about the dark web and the silk road and Mm. like being able to go into this dark place in the web that you can just Mm. buy drugs online yeah so apparently there's like dark net and then there's darker yeah not the darker net which is like like the level that's like where you hire like hitmen and that's and apparently where like guns and like pedophile rings sell. and stuff yeah, exist yeah. and that. yeah yeah so that's all happening on that so level. how do you do that like do you have to have software to get into the dark web because I, I was trying to know. research it and like that was basically the conclusion I came to was like so you have to like download some kind of software a sp- specific type to get onto the dark web I don't know and I'm like oh i like i would be way too paranoid to do something like that i would be freaking out but apparently the drugs that they get from the dark web are like amazing yeah i think that the what i've heard is that it's you know fairly good quality that what apparently it's rated and reviewed like so you know what you're getting yeah you need to do the whole bitcoin thing and Mm. so nothing can be tracked and yeah. you know it's all kind of anonymous not but. my paranoia couldn't cope with that i would expect the police knocking on my door five minutes later like i couldn't cope it's a lot of effort to go to mm. but also because of the kind of border control in australia like drugs like cocaine are basically impossible to get any quality mm. here right when it gets here it gets cut up so you can understand why people would be wanting to buy drugs like that online. So they yeah, and a, and a lot of the time it does get through, and it does you know, and it's successful and it works. And actually, I'm seeing that more and more at at work that um, parents will call up and when we're talking to them and we say, oh, what, do you know where they're getting 
their drugs from and they'll say on the internet. Yeah. So it's definitely being used a lot. Mm. And I guess in some ways it's, you know, you don't have to know the right people. You don't have to put yourself in any dodgy situations. Mm. Um, You know, you can buy drugs from the safety of your own home. So in some ways I guess it is protective. But at the end of the day, unless you can test what you buy there's no there's no way of knowing anything Mm -mm. i mean there's not really any way of knowing when you buy illegal drugs anyway though no that's what i'm saying like unless you're going to test your drugs yourself Mm -hmm. drug testing kits is something that are being advocated for quite heavily at the moment though yeah and it's still a bit of a i guess contentious issue because a lot of the tests that are available the kind of quick do-it-yourself tests that they don't really um, necessarily test for, you know, purity or they just test for a a, um, presence of something. Oh, okay. That's no good. Well, yeah, I mean, it's still, if you think you've bought MDMA and you use one of those tests and MDMA does not show up, well, are you still going to take the pill? Mm. Some people maybe. Yeah. (laughs) But if it you know, comes up and shows some other weird substances present, then you obviously know you haven't got, you haven't been sold MDMA. So, yeah, there has been a lot of dodgy MDMA going around. Yeah, huge amounts of it. And I think that's what's really getting this whole um, pill testing um, notion really to get it off the ground because a lot of people have died and... Did you say, like, MDMA isn't really MDMA anymore anyway? Not really. Uh, Back in, like, you know, back in the day, maybe... 90s. 15, 20 years ago, I mean, MDMA was pure and it was really good and it was really available and it was coming into Australia, you know, left, right and centre and it was good quality MDMA. But now as everything gets harder to import... um, you know, they're just using, again, like synthetic forms of things because you can make it so much stronger, meaning that you don't have to import as large amounts. So mm. then you can, you know, yeah, and then you everything gets cut up now and all these other things added to it. So generally what we're finding, well, Vice just did that MDMA survey. Yeah. Um, and they've had some results come back um, from all around Australia that mostly um, what people are being sold as MDMA kind of isn't, or at least is very uh, low. Low dosage. Yeah. Mm. Mm, Interesting. And and some of the synthetic things like um, in bone, um, like they're deadly. They're really deadly. Shit. And speaking of deadly, um, I've only been learning in the last maybe year or so about GHB, mm. um, which stands for gamma hydroxy Oh, fuck knows. Anyway, GHB. <laughs> oh, Dill. GHB is... They used to call it greatest bodily harm. Oh, right, though. Well, this drug is um, mostly used within the gay male community, like quite heavily used, and it's very much a stimulant for sex and um, sexual libido. Mm. And 
like I've really never even seen or heard of it, and I feel like quite exposed to recreational drugs. It's a newer newer, um, party drug and uh, probably in our heyday wasn't really kicking around too much or at least was probably quite still underground. Yeah. Uh, It's a pretty, like, filthy drug. I mean, it's just, like, the stuff that your CD cleaner stuff is made out of. Whoa. Um, And a couple of other chemicals and... I mean, you can buy it for five bucks. It's not something. And we don't really know what the long-term effects are of it as well because it hasn't been around that long. Yeah, and the thing with um, GHB is that its um, fatal dose is so low. So four mils is enough to kill you. Which is why people take it out of the little soy sauce fish containers, right? Well, I think they just put it in there because it's easy to sell like that and that's enough for one person for like a night oh so you just take like a drip of it at a time one yeah so the like if you're if you're used to using g or a lot of people call it juice now but if you're used to using it people always say let's let's get juicy that's what they mean um that if you're experienced with using it and use it quite often then you know maybe three mils um, is going to be well and truly enough. Wow. And then you might sort of have a little bit, you know, bits more throughout the night. But three mil is, yeah, for a first time up would be enough to probably overdose you. Wow. Um, and the thing is you cannot mix it with alcohol at all. It's a deadly combination. You just um, are guaranteed to pretty much overdose if you mix alcohol and G together. But What's really worrying now, particularly amongst young people um, that go out clubbing and stuff, is that they are loving to to mix G and ice together oh. um, because they believe that if you they call it a blowout. So if you have if you overdose on G and you blow out, which basically means you become unconscious. Yeah. Um, they just truly believe that if you just have a burn of a pipe, if you smoke some ice, it's gonna like. You know, because it's a stimulant, it's going to bring you out of that, um, you know, overdose. That sounds so, like a hectic combination. Yeah, and so they're basically toying with, they sort of think, oh, well, if I have one downer, because geez, a, a depressant, and I have ice, which is a stimulant, then I should be able to level myself out somewhere in the middle. But the truth is it just really doesn't work like that. Um, and so, yeah, but... But people are finding that they're really loving to party and and use them at the same time. It's very common. Right. Well, so some of the effects, most common effects of GR, feelings of euphoria, increased libido and lowered inhibitions. Yeah, and it, like, makes your butthole loose. Yeah. So that's why the gays love it. Mm. Um, Another thing that I've heard a term being floated around a lot recently when it comes to drug statistics is wastewater analysis, mm. um, which when I looked into it kind of blew my mind a little bit because I was like, is that really a thing? Is this the real life? Yeah, I, I had the same response after they sort of um, were talking about it in the media not too long ago. It's like, what? Is this a real thing? Yeah, so apparently they analyzed communal wastewaters for drugs and their metabolic products in order to estimate their consumption within particular communities. I just don't understand how it would even work. <laughs> it's 
seems quite bizarre. Like, how much of that drug would you actually expel from your body to even... Yeah. And, yeah. And, I mean, most of it's probably gone while you're at the club. Like, you're sweating and pissing most of the traces out. By the time you get home, there's probably hardly any actually left in your system. And then, I don't know. What... What does this mean anyway? Like, what do those... Well, apparently some of the stats they've come up with are things like noticing on a Sunday that, like, methamphetamines were found at almost double the dosage in water on a Sunday. But that just seems like a no-brainer. Like, why do you have to test sewerage to figure that shit out? (laughs) Like, I could just tell you that. I could just tell you that because it's the weekend and people party, right? I don't really know why they need... To confirm that. Yeah, but apparently Australia is officially the world's second biggest user of methamphetamine now. Hmm. Yeah, that doesn't really surprise me. Do you know where number one is? I thought it would be America, but it's not. Slovakia. Ah! Doesn't surprise me. Right. Slovakia. Okay. I really thought it would have been the States if it wasn't us, but scary. And Western Australia is the the highest meth use in the whole of Australia. Tell me why. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I wouldn't have picked that. Yeah. Um, Do they know that from the from the sewerage? Yeah, apparently do. Yeah. Um, there's actually this really cool multimedia exhibition that VAC did that's also on the TouchBase website called Belonging For It. And it's a digital storytelling project exploring the meth use among gay, bi, and queer men. So someone has put together a bunch of these um, really cool animations uh, of people telling their stories of their meth use. And they're really... Really creatively animated as well. Quite impactful as well. Like, um, I've watched them all a few times now, and I just, I think... It's amazing that these stories are actually being shared now because talking to so many men who, gay men, who are in that environment and using that drug feel like their story is unique. Mm. Or that they're alone in it. Yeah. And in fact, there's lots of people that are experiencing the same things and people are starting to talk about it now. Mm. And it's a really creative way of showing the relationship to, to meth and sex and, and also okay, man. breaking the stigma. Mm. For sure. Um, so, yeah, it's like really, really cool videos, really cool animations. It, you should definitely go on to Touch Base yeah, website we'll put and up, check them we'll out. We'll put up some links to it so you can check them out. Yay. Can you talk about drug induced psychosis? can i can do that for you uh well i guess probably what we're seeing most in emergency services now and also you know there's been so much in the media and and you know um current affairs and all those ridiculous shows that are really hyping this um you know ice epidemic war on drugs blah 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 Um, And yes, ice is a problem in our communities, but what we're kind of seeing is that it's not necessarily any more than it ever has been. Um, What was that um, story that that chick from The Age wrote about, uh, like, a zombie in the park or whatever? Oh, mate. What was that all about? 
So, um, I'm. Can I name and shame her? Yeah, absolutely. That oh, bitch I deserves can't it. I remember what her name was now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was great. Um, I had to write to her on uh, on Facebook. I I stalked her down on on Facebook um, because I really needed to contact her and just ask her a few things. So she essentially, I think it was called the Zombie Apocalypse. Um, I think it was in the age. Uh, yeah, here it and is. the age? No, hold on. The zombie apocalypse is here and none of us are safe. Yeah, that's the title. Wendy Squires. Wendy Squires, that's the one. Named and shamed. Wendy, can I Can I read you an excerpt? Please. Oh, the zombie apocalypse is not now, it's now. Yeah. No, I haven't been binging on too many episodes of The Walking Dead or watching Simon Pegg films as I have been known to do. Nope, I realised the living dead are here among us last week by simply walking my dog. Yep. Now, there's a picture of zombies. Can you read the bit where she refers to the the guy as it? Because that's probably my favourite. Let's see. The small park, if you can call it that, where I walk my dog is perhaps the nucleus of my surrounds. There are usually at least two homeless people sleeping rough there any night of the week, and if they stay around, I usually get to know them as friends. Aren't you so lovely? Yeah. There is usually someone smoking some weed who is harmless. Oh, okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Harmless enough, along with a disheveled duo sucking on a bottle of cheap booze, and sometimes junkies will furtively... Junkies. ...convene around a heating spoon, twitching in anticipation... But they rarely interact. This is a blessing as they can be conniving and manipulative liars and thieves. This I know sadly firsthand. But lately I haven't been feeling as comfortable in my hood and I am looking at my park sharers differently and it's because of them. Yes, I've known they're close for a while. I've heard the screams and yelling late at night and clang and thud of garbage bins being kicked. But it, it took encountering one in the middle of the day recently that has made me realize the apocalypse is real and we should all be alert, alarmed, and bloody terrified. What a drama queen. It was about 2 p.m. and I've been typing away all morning, much to my beloved bulldog Iggy's annoyance. Fuck, she's annoying. Yeah. After nuzzling me one too many times only to be ignored, he jumped on the lounge and physically... uh, Skip, 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 skip. Here we go. Well, it didn't spring so much as a stagger, and while it resembled... It. it, While it didn't. Then out of nowhere... This is where she started. Then out of nowhere, it sprang. Well, it didn't spring so much as a stagger, and while it resembled a man of late 30s in a ripped flannelette shirt and filthy jeans barely held up by skeletal slight hips, it was the eyes that made me know it was no longer human. It's people like Wendy that fuck with everything. Like, it's just not, it's not okay. I will never forget those eyes, those black sinister pinpricks that silently screamed, I have no soul. Mm-hmm. As, oh, she my completely God. completely dehumanizes this person. This is a human being that she's referring to. Yeah. Um. 
and no, all this person did was pick up her dog. Yeah, say it said hi to her to dog. To say hi to her she dog. She made it sound like it, he was trying to hurt and no, kill the dog. No, do you know dog. what the dog said to her? The dog said, "Oh, help! This freak is hurting me." That's she read that from her dog's yeah. face. Yeah. And then the person said, "It's all right, lady. I'm just patting it. It's cute." Oh, my yeah. God. Like, this is just... So I, I read this article and I was fuming. Um, I was so angry and so I felt like I had to contact her. Uh, and what did you say to Wendy, doll? I just said, can you, you know, I'd really love to, to understand, like, why you chose to write that article in that way and and why it is that you have these opinions. Um I just, I was really curious. I didn't want to like just rant oh, at her because that, you know, I wanted to engage in a conversation with her. Yeah. Um, and she's just clearly an idiot because she just said, yes, uh, I recognize now that it was probably not a great analogy to use. And I said, you know, you've, you've completely disregarded a human being even after knowing that he is mentally unwell mm-hmm. um, and homeless uh, and vulnerable. And and she just said, well, it doesn't sound like you're, um, you're going to forgive me. So, you know, and was just like just didn't, wasn't able to engage in a conversation with me about it at all. She was just like got cranky because I was, you know, upset I guess and wanting her to defend her opinions yeah uh, and she couldn't and then it just got weird so I left it at that wow I mean I just couldn't believe it whenever I first read the article that something like that had even been look I'm not trying to deny that there are some really you know sometimes scary looking people out there um you know who but most of the time they don't want any, like they're not out there to hurt you. Like just wanted to pat your dog. Yeah, just wanted to pat your dog. Um, you know, not not every drug addict that you see in the street wants to fucking stab you and, and steal your bag. Yeah. I think it's, you know, from a very young age, though, we've been taught to be afraid of people like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, more nine out of ten times, I'm sure, if you stop and acknowledge them as human, you're probably going to be off to a better start, hey? Yeah. It's that kind of stuff. It's that kind of uh, segregation and alienation from society that makes those people, Use like, turn and yeah. be like, oh, well, you know, um, makes them more likely to... Uh, kind of engage in antisocial behaviours because they think the world's against them. Well, that also segues nicely into the needle and syringe programs that happen all around the city. And um, for people like that person, I mean, it's really important that they have access to clean needles and places to dispose of. We're not in la-la land. People aren't going to stop using drugs. Like, that's just not going to happen. We're not, that's not on the table. So why would we keep those people living in a world where they have to 
you know, use bloody water from puddles to shoot up instead of just having access to, you know, saline and, and safe injecting equipment. Yeah. Yeah. And if you are curious about some needle and syringe programs or where you can find these facilities, there's all that information online. Yeah, some, some of the NSPs even have a delivery service between certain hours. So, and you, it's all anonymous. You can get clean needles dropped off to you. Like, wow. yeah. yeah. And, you know, we're also advocating, lots of different organizations are advocating for safe injection, injecting rooms around Melbourne as well. And I think it's really important that things like this start to happen. Yeah, and what always seems to keep them, you know, from becoming a reality is people are like, we don't want that in our backyards. And it's like, but it is. It's there. It's already in your backyards. And that's what you're complaining about, that you're sick and tired of having to, you know, resuscitate people in your street or you're sick and tired of syringes being all over your front lawn. Well, okay, be part of the solution then. Don't mm. don't keep whinging about it. Mm-hmm. What would you say the difference between recreational and problematic drug use are? Yeah, so people who generally use recreationally are those people who, you know, like just maybe use on weekends or once every, you know, once in a while in a kind of celebratory way, um, but in a way that I guess isn't having any negative impacts on their life and they still get about and can, you know, function in the world and, you know, everything's all peachy. I guess problematic drug use is kind of heading to the other end of the scale when it's starting to have negative impacts on your life, on your relationships, on your job, on your health, you know, when you're, um, I guess, becoming dependent mm. on that substance. There's a very fine line for a lot of people as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, most people who party every weekend wouldn't consider them that, consider themselves, you know, abusing drugs. Yeah. They'd say they're recreational drug users, but, yeah, that's debatable. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and you mentioned that for a lot of problematic drug use, it's a symptom of mental health. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think people kind of fall into, um, abusive and dependent drug habits, uh, just cause. Mm. I mean, it does happen. It certainly does happen, but it's not that common, um, generally, from what I see working in that community is that people who have, uh, you know, dependent and abusive drug use habits, they're uh, self-medicating for something else, you know, whether it's trauma, nine out of ten times it is trauma, or, you know, they use it to deal with their mental illness or, you know, self-medicate for their mental illness or... um, yeah, kind of not have to deal with whatever trauma they've got going on. So, and I guess people just want to focus so much on the drug use because it's easier to kind of demonize that. But that's not helpful at all. You know, if you want to help someone to stop using drugs, then you've got to support them to address the reasons why they're using drugs. And if you just take away the drug use, you're actually taking away their coping mechanism Wow. Holy shit. Um, 
So if our listeners have friends using drugs, um, what should they look out for? Or, you know, if signs that they might be if they're concerned mm. and how can they help? Yeah. Obviously, it's like different for every substance. You know, the presentations are going to be different, but on a more broad scale, if you notice somebody, um, someone's behavior, you know, becomes erratic or there's quite a significant change in in their behavior, um, perhaps there's been some rapid weight loss Mm. um, uh, or... You know, they're not sleeping, they're not eating, you know, those kinds of things. It, it is broad and you can't just assume, you know, straight away. It's always good just to check in with your friends anyway to see how they're doing. But I think the most important thing is if you want to try to support someone um, is that, yeah, you have to create a safe space for them to be honest and if, if you're coming at it, in a judgmental way, then why would, you know, that's not going to create a safe space for them to explore it or disclose what's going on for them. And again, the more you focus on the the drug use, um, kind of the less useful it is. You you know, you'd probably rather have a conversation with someone about how their mental health is rather than how their drug use is. Mm, Having an intervention. Yeah. It's not really ideal. No, I think, um, yeah, it's about keeping the the communication pathways open and, and creating a safe space so that if someone is ready to explore their drug use, um, they know that they can do that with you. Mm. Well, Joe, on a lighter note, it's almost fungi season or it's kicking into fungi season um magic is happening all our around little us. blue friends will be popping up soon please if you decide to do some foraging make sure you research correctly how to find the right subs here in australia mm. and um how to do things like spore prints yeah and just knowing what you're taking before you take yeah. it because it can be dangerous if you don't know what you're doing but it can also be a life-altering and fabulous experience for you. Yeah, because we do have some deadly mushrooms that look quite similar as Mm. well, so it's not something that you want to take risks with. And the last thing you want to do also is going into a trip scared that you're taking something that's poisonous. Or imagine you go and pick a whole bunch and you give them to your friends and they end up dead. Like, that's not fun for anybody. There's lots of information out there um, and it's a, you know quite a good community the people who like to partake so they like to share information to make sure that people are staying safe so it is almost that time and i think it's perfect timing in winter really to have that experience of Mm. shroomy shrooms Well, Dal, I didn't think we could talk for nearly an hour, but we've basically done it. Yeah, I feel like um, I started to talk about psychosis and then just didn't. Didn't. And that's okay. That's probably getting a little bit into deep yeah Um, yeah i mean we can touch on that again at some other point um but yes lots of things that we spoke about today we'll have links up on the website as always yeah and the bottom line is if you or someone you know you know you're concerned about their 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 drug use or you know you, you might think that their drug use is becoming problematic there's so much support out there really good quality support and um you know uh, 
I think when people are in that space, they're so worried about being judged and being cut off and being shunned and that, you know, the best thing you can do is pull them closer and, and, you know, kind of give them more um, empathy and support. Mm. Yay. 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 Well, next episode we'll have Ruth back. Yay. She's just got back from a big trip in the States and we've missed her. Um, thanks so much for listening. Please get in touch if you have anything you would like us to research, talk about. You know, it's always good to get your feedback. Yeah, we love to hear from you. And we want to talk about things that you're interested. So please do let us know. All right, Jules. We'll see you next time. Bye, Jules. Bye.